Hey everybody, welcome back to the Baldi's Deliberation. Uh, this will be day two for us. I don't, I don't know how, what kind of devilry uh, Jim will package this up into. But uh, if you don't know, this is not required reading or listening or watching for the Baldies. Uh, the This is just our process to arrive at the final product, which is the Baldi ceremony, where we actually award the winners and we kind of like recap some of the strongest arguments for them. So like this is only these are this is the super duper extended edition for diehard fans only people that want uh, white noise to go to sleep to, uh, etc. So, yeah, uh, look, look, if, if, if you found your way here and like, where, where the fuck am I? How can I get back? Uh, look for the one where we're wearing tuxedo T-shirts um and and uh has baldi's award ceremony probably in the name of the title uh we're going to be deliberating about what our best comedy and again this is the baldi so this is only stuff that we have seen like if we didn't see it, it didn't happen we covered all that shit and, and biggest miss last mm-hmm. last episode uh but we're going to be talking about the best comedy of 2020 the biggest disappointment which is us personally what we are looking forward to and then something kicked us in the in the nuts about uh, and the best debut pilot. This could be a singularly good initial episode. It could be the a season as a whole on a, a franchise that's, that's kicking off. It's just you know some new thing that we thought was the best new thing. Let's let's get it on, Jim. Uh, comedy, yeah. aka the A. Ron Hubbard category. Yep, uh, aka what, Jim has only seen two of these. <laughs> which of these two have you seen? I Rick and oh, Morty and what, what we, we do, do in the shadows. shadows. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, what we do in the shadows, I think, might might rank pretty high. Uh, I think so. I'm I'm less in love with the show than a lot of people. Uh, I okay. I, this okay. is the Nick Kroll season, I think. Um, They're all Nick Kroll seasons. He's he's had a fair. big part yeah, in, he in, is both, in the first both one. seasons. Yeah, he always brings a show down for me. Uh, like way <laughs> way down. I actually don't like any of the episodes he's in at all. Um, you don't say. And I think the characters are better than the episodes a lot of the time, um, or the characters are better than any individual jokes that they tell, uh, which is good and bad. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's hit I, and miss for me, this show. Not unfair. Uh, okay. Well, having said that, Rick and Morty season 4B is what is at the top right now. I see no reason to put it down to the bottom. Bojack Horseman's finale season. Um if people want to know, like, is this season finale season B finale season A? Like, I guess I'm taking this all at the same because, like, I don't I couldn't tell you which was which. This is just the last season of Bojack Horseman in total. So mm-hmm. I know they took a hiatus, came back. one. I, I think the the and I don't know, maybe this was eligible for two different baldies. Uh, yeah. So it's it's just the final season of Bojack Horseman, um, which I thought was amazing. And it's my kind of show. It does like really serious looks at mental illness and depression and imposter syndrome and um, all the terrible ways that we treat ourselves and each other. And um, and I thought what was amazing in this this final season is. It showed how some people are able to kind of move on, you know, and some people aren't um, some people uh, and, and what those paths kind of look like. And also the thing I really thought was interesting about Bojack is that it's villains like, you know, Bojack's mother is a terrible person along the lines of the Preaker woman from Sharper Objects. And it it sympathize it. it um, what's the word here? It it explains why she is the way she is, but without ever asking you to feel sorry for her, mm-hmm. you know? 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, a lot of people that are terrible have had terrible backgrounds, but you know what? A lot of people that have terrible backgrounds are not terrible people. It's not an excuse. It's not an excuse to wallow in your own misery and to not make any effort to get better. It's like a person that breaks their hip or the leg. Feel really sorry for them. But if they just sit there and they kick at anyone that tries to get there and help them, they curse at doctors to try to heal them. Then eventually you're like, you know what? Fuck you. Be miserable and die. And I, and I like that because a lot of times these shows make the mistake of, of wanting you to not just understand, but forgive and empathize these people. They're not asking for any of that stuff. So uh, and manages to be fucking hilarious too. the verbal wordplay like is a constant delight. Um, they found new and fresh ways to make the absurdity of the situation where you have horse people and dog people and bird people coexisting with people, people coexisting with just actual birds and horses. Uh, like the juxtaposition that was never mm. like not hilarious. It's um, a dark picture you're painting here of, of horses, fucking people and, and people fucking birds. I don't know. The, the DNA I mean, mix think- up that's happening here is unnatural. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think it's a different like uh, what I appreciate is like the horse people are a different like. It's kind of like us and, and, and a chimpanzee like, yeah, we recognize that there's some common ancestry there, but we're not going to go around fucking chimps, right? Mm-hmm. That's not how you make a chimp person like <laughs> a, a monkey man. You don't do that by fucking a chimpanzee. Um, Anyway, you do it by fucking a Chris gorilla. Katan. Everybody knows that. Oh, oh Chris yeah. Katan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You fight. That's how you make a monkey man. You fuck Chris Catan yeah. or the Rock. Yeah, um, no, the monkeys fuck him for sure. What we do in the shadows now? It's very hard for me to tell the difference between season two and season one because I watched this and the movie and both seasons all in a single binge. Um, so honestly, that what we do in the shadows is probably getting a little bonus credit for its first season. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Having said that, I do remember some really good plot lines. I uh, really love the emotional vampire Colin and him becoming like the darkest of all lords when he gets promoted to middle management and can just suck people's emotions uh, and 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 wither them on like a scale that he had not even imagined before uh is, is pretty pretty is, is doesn't pretty good he stuff. doesn't he meet his match in this uh season as well is this a season where he has like the woman who moves in the office who oh is, plays by like a man like uh amanda byers bears uh, she yeah she's SNL like alum. sucking up all the sympathy or something um and then right, they end up right. like coming to some kind of truce and i because he's like a psychic vampire, like he just essentially sucks people's like just living spirit, and she's a particularly emotional vampire, right? Um, and then yeah, it, but it never stops being funny whenever he would like trap someone into a dead end conversation, and he'd turn to the camera and like make a stereotypical monster face, and his eyes would glow with the power. Like yeah, <laughs> it's I, I I just think that's it's really it's really funny. Plus, he's kind of the most he he doesn't have the conventional drawbacks. So like he would come to the rescue mm-hmm. when they get stuck in sunlight with umbrellas and shit. He's oh, yeah. Is this the, the well? Yeah, this is the well season. It might um, be the well season. I think so, because this is the Guillermo season where he's like uh, going to his group or whatever who turn out to be vampire hunters and then vampire he's got hunters. A, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, make a choice. Right. Is he going to hunt vampires and give into his what seemed to be his natural urges or accidental. I, I like how they play that where he's never like trying to kill vampires, but holy shit, he's killed a lot of vampires. 
Um, well, I mean, and honestly, I Guillermo is my least favorite person in season one because I'm like kind of like getting tired of his shit. Like, you know, like, you know, like have some self-respect for yourself. Making him like a descendant of a long line of vampire hunters. Or is he's Van almost Helsing, like, right? Like, is he a Van Helsing? Yeah. Just, OK. Yeah. Like like a distant relation. And, and mm-hmm. like that he's just like psychically good at killing vampires without even trying uh, yeah. while also being a familiar um I, I thought that stuff was all really clever. Um, the one lady that's faking the being a vampire so she can acquire a bunch oh, of familiars yeah. to do a bit. Like, there's just so much stuff that's like kind of real life, just slightly skewed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, real I, life. Is this the Jackie Daytona season or is that season the one? The Jackie Daytona season? Okay. Oh my God. All right. I'm talking myself into this. This is a better show than I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the only the only bad show is the it's the it's the Nick Kroll one with it's the witch's hat. Every time they yeah. get that fucking witch's hat out, it 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 kind of like it was kind of funny the first time, but yeah. the second time it's like no. So, um, I think this is the season where Laszlo also dealt with the uh, you know his co- his chief competition, the Nadja's love, and um, uh, I like, just like really think they're Brett or something. I forget what his name is. It's some just generic yeah. ass name but it, they, they turned that kind of like um that bram stoker plot where, where like winona Ryder keeps coming back every hundred years to be reborn like it's it's that same thing with her she's got this lover yeah. throughout all of time that keeps being reborn and they have this torrid relationship and i, I Nadja and, and um uh jackie daytona's relationship i think <laughs> is <laughs> laszlo's relationship is I, I just think it's one of the best parts of the show. Oh, they're, they're the best the, parts of the show. Like oh. standout heads and shoulders above like anybody else in that show. Uh, who's the opinion. guy that plays? Who's the guy that plays Laszlo? Um, Matt Barry. My God, that guy. He I might know. be. He might be like a um, um, uh, 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 fucking mm, anchorman. Uh, Will Ferrell. It might be a Will Ferrell type where he's just really good at this one character. Yeah, yeah. But it's a hell of a character. He does play um, that same character. He's he's got like a, I don't know. Him and Jermaine Clement kind of have a similar thing going on, um, except J- yeah. Jermaine's a little bit flashier um, in general. Like Matt Berry's flashy in this because he's a vampire, um, a fancy vampire. But it, mm-hmm. you should watch uh, the IT Crowd at least season two because Matt Berry is the boss in that season, and he is okay. Very, very good. Uh, Harley Quinn, I spoke a lot about this in some of the biggest surprise stuff yesterday, but um, this is a very funny show that takes a lot of the B tier. This is kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. It takes a lot of the B tier of DC Shark King. Who the fuck knows what the Shark King is? Um, and builds like this crew for Harley Quinn to kind of take over with Poison Ivy. And there's just a lot of really cool like relationships and like, you know, what do you do when your best friend lets you down? Like, how do you reconcile from that? What does it mean to let your best friend down? What does it mean to be there for somebody who's going through a self-destructive uh, a circle uh, when you're losing someone to a toxic relationship? And it 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 it, it tells, tells it within like a super villain kind of. You know, because it's one of those things where, like, whenever you're doing something with villains, you can't just have them doing villain shit all the time, or you would have a hard time. You know, it's kind of like the, what we do in the shadows. If they were just preying on people 24 yeah. 7, it would be a turnoff. So, like, mostly she's victimizing other worse supervillains. 
Mm-hmm. Um and and uh, deflating the egos of of superheroes that might might need that egos deflated. They also have just a it's just a brilliant cons- concept of like taking all the heroes off the table temporarily. So like you know there's a plausible situation where Harley Quinn could kind of like take over Gotham. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's good. It's cute. It's funny. Um, and I am really looking forward to season three. Ted Lasso, I've said enough about this fucking show. Like, you know, this is like, um, this is kind of like the anti-Bojack. Like, this is like Bojack Horseman if it was centered on Mr. Peanut Butter. It's not that Mr. Peanut Butter doesn't have problems. It's just that he's, his interface with the world is like set to the positive switch, uh, maybe to his own detriment, whereas Bojack is set to like the negative switch. Um, and it's kind of a slow burn. Like, if you're into the more subversive, kind of offensive, comedies that i'm into like this is very kind of feels very nbc not even edgy like seinfeld nbc like parks and rec kind of nbc mm-hmm. for like the first three episodes till it starts to skew into more interesting stuff um but i think it's it's worth it if you want to take that if you know fuck it for 30 epi- minute episodes if you want to invest 90 minutes to see if it's good do it not i don't care uh <laughs> the great if you liked Harlots on Hulu, if you like that kind of trashy, uh, well done, um, uh, historical kind of novel thing, but also funny and um, occasionally poignant, great performances, great scripts, great dialogue. Um, it's the great. It's about uh, um, Catherine the Great's rise to power as Empress of Russia in the what nineteenth century. And then Midnight Sounds Gospel. Great. Midnight Gospel is a collection of Duncan Trussell's podcasts, interviews, clipped out of context, and then animated. Um, the conceit being you've got this interdimensional traveler that, like, you know, feeds a certain token or material into a machine, which then opens up the multiverse and allows him to be born into someone else's body to like like it's almost like a tourist. Like you could, you know, he might wake up in Jim Jones body and drive it around for a day and see what that's like. And he has these dialects with these strange inhabitants of these uh, uh, dimensions. And the, that's the what that's the, essentially the core of the podcast. Like, you know, like he has an interview with a real life famous person who's now going to be like a vulture vampire and he's going to be a cosmic jellyfish. And they're going to talk about some kind of existential thing. Sometimes it's it's about 10 percent way up its ass in like the worst kind of high Joe Rogan way. And like 10 percent like. The episode where he has a he has a conversation about with his mom over several podcasts about her dying of cancer. And like there's a single half hour episode where um, he's like reborn into his baby and she's his mom. And they're having these like you know, early stages, you can tell where it's like, you know, they're going about happy memories and all that stuff. But they like uh, there's some raw shit there, you know, where it's like towards the end and he don't want her to go and she don't want to go either. And. But she's also kind of like a therapist and a humanities teacher. So she's saying these incredibly wise things to leave him with. And it's it's worth it's worth the emotional voyage. I think I'm actually getting choked up talking about it. So there's your slate. There's your slate of 2020 comedies. Uh, (laughs) I'm so jaded and burnt out. I can't enjoy a normal, just good hearted comedy anymore. I got to have some kind of fucking raw shit happening. Uh what were the two that you saw? You saw in, in the shadows. Oh, and Rick and Morty. And Rick and Morty, yeah. Which is <sighs> the only one we actually really covered. Yeah. 
That's the thing with comedies. We don't really cover comedies. Yeah. We would have never even covered Rick and Morty had it not been for the ill-fated Rick and Morty experience, which I don't know. We might be stuck covering forever now because uh, it did did pretty good for us. Um, Maybe. Not- I mean, we talked about what we do in the shadows on uh, an off the clock. I think you talked about Ted Lasso a bit off the clock. Yeah. But I think I think I even talked about Harley Quinn. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Cause like Bojack, I think Bojack and the great and midnight gospel came out early, early, early in the year before we'd even invented OTC. Yeah. So, um, let's start ranking them, I guess. Uh, Bojack, <laughs> let's. Rick, Rick and Morty's fine. I think Bojack Horseman goes above, uh, Rick and Morty. Okay. Uh, I think what we do in the shadows goes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Harley know. Quinn's fine. Gosh. Ted Lasso can't be better than Bojack. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think because I full I resisted liking it for half of its runtime. Mm-hmm. And whereas what we do in the shadows was just compulsively watchable um, and quotable. Like there's there's not a damn thing that I like. I'm going to come out of like a catchphrase of, of Ket, uh, Ted Lasso or just kind of like a zinger. And I don't know if that means something, but it's like, no, no, it's this really funny situation about the star soccer player and his girlfriend and the washed up aging star soccer player and 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 the person owns the the team and it takes like three episodes to unroll, but they get to this one part and it's really funny. Like I fuck, I don't know what to do with that. Throw it underneath Rick and Morty, I guess. No, fuck it. It's not even as good. No, I, I I'm gonna treat this as like the order of things I think you should watch. Sure. You know, so with that said, oh, God, no, that's not helping me. <laughs> this man. Well, I can't help you. I know. I know. I can't help you on this one. I feel like Bojack's getting a little bit of like. Series emeritus credit here, too. Mm-hmm. Um. But like I said, I thought it was um, I was really wondering how the fuck they're going to pull a happy ending out of this. And they kind of don't like it's like real life, you know, Bojack kind of survives. Um, some of his friends do better than him. Uh, they have a kind of a will they won't they that like to its credit, they never can, you know, never really consummate. Um, The great, where do I put the great in here? Because the great's not anything like this. The great is just like historical comedy. It's it's got a lot of modern sensibilities, but you know, it never asks you to sympathize with the Empress of Russia. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't I, even I know, know it was a comedy. Uh, I don't oh, know yeah. why I see these like p- royalty period pieces, and I'm like, oh, that's a comedy. Weird. I expect it to be yeah. this stuffy uh, British drama. No, it's very, very modern in sensibilities. Um, I, yeah, I don't know, man. Like these are, <sighs> these are all so different. Am I going to go by just haha factor? Is that going to be the thing that saves the day? I mean, that's what we did in the uh, the mega baldies, best yeah. of the baldies, yeah. Hmm. I think you got to go with your heart. 
if the ha-has win, then I think it's got to get, like, what we do in the shadows has to go up on top. Because hmm. I think I laughed the hardest in that that show. Um, but man, Rick and Morty was really funny this year, too. Yeah, I looked at a few episodes. I don't remember them beat for beat. Um, I just remember them generally. Like, some of that stuff, like... The Vada Acid episode. It's good. That's like really good. The episode where uh, fucking Jerry creates like a whole, you know, he, he creates like a race of gingerbread people and then comes and storms the like primitive gingerbread people and he like storms Rick's future city or something. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. Or best future city. It's it's a That's good one. Childric of Mort. Yeah. Um. There's that. Uh, what what's the one with the the the, the dragons? Oh uh, right, the fuck dragons. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember that one. That was, was a like good one. That, a claw and hoarder. I think that was the one that uh, the yeah. the slut dragon episode because that just the turns of phrase that were coming out of that. Um. I thought was really, really funny. Yeah, they had fun with that one. Um, the Inception, the the Inception heist episode, uh, the Ocean's Eleven Inception episode, I thought. Uh, oh, where, right. Yeah. You know, like like they, they continually try to get one over on on each other uh, mm-hmm. or he, he goes he goes off on the heistotron to, to see who can like anticipate his moves. Um, it's like I said, there's. It's a lot of really good episodes, and I I like remember particularly busting my gut over that slot dragon episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shark King is also hilarious from Harley Quinn. I remember laughing a lot because like he's just like mired, mild mannered, lovable dude that like is also a man shark. So every once in a while he'll just like tear a man in half and eat him. Oh, is that? Uh, and you kind of Ron Funches, kind of for. Yes. Okay. Oh my God, Ron okay. Funches. Yeah, he's um, great. He's on Giant Bombs podcast sometimes. Yeah, I've actually listened to a couple of his podcasts. He has a couple like a uh, like in the early stage of the pandemic, he was doing those like those positivity podcasts that I really enjoyed. I I I, hmm. I that's a cool that guy's a cool dude. Very funny. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm I'm having a hard time. So the Midnight Gospel is not as funny as these others. It is sometimes hysterical, but it's more of surreal, absurdist, and you know, poignant. Um, BoJack, what we do in Shadows, Rick and Morty are and Harley Quinn are the ones that like make you bust a gut laughing. So I think that's about right. Okay, okay. Uh, What we do in I think what I think what we do in Shadows might win, especially since it's also one you've seen. Um, cause hmm. I want to put Bojack, I want to, if we're going with the ha ha's, I think it goes, what we do in the shadow, Rick and Morty, Harley Quinn, Bojack. Okay. So you're going with the ha ha's. Yeah. I think I'm going with the ha ha's. That'll be a top four. I think we need five nominees. You want to pick one of these last three here? Uh, which to round out the I list. I want people to see. Yeah. Let's go with the great. The great. Nothing else. I think. Think I might actually do some coverage of that over on the Swizzbold Entertainment side if it, if and when it comes back. Okay. Looks like we got oh, our list. Fuck. God, I'm so <laughs> glad to be done as category. It's all my fault. I know. Um, all right. Next one will be better. It'll be both of us. Here we go. Next up is biggest disappointment. 
<laughs> There's a lot Some of good ones. The year 2020. Say no more. Gave us 365 <gasps> yeah. reasons to hate it. Bob Ross getting unceremonial. Oh, actually, wasn't 2020 a leap year? Did we not get like an extra day of misery? No. I think you're right. Uh, was 2020, was 2020 a, leap a leap year? year. Yes, it was. This Fuck fucking you, year tagged us for an extra 24 hours of bullshit. <laughs> uh, boy, I think it. I think it won. Um, Bob Ross being unceremoniously ripped from Amazon Prime Video just as me and Cecily were getting into our Bob Ross competitive painting league groove, which we'll talk. We'll we'll, we'll talk more about here. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. <sighs> It's it's wow! What a shit show, huh? Uh, huge, hugely anticipated game, and it single-handedly turned their fans from Witcher fr- fans to bitchier fans. Close, close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, run. So I this has got a big asterisk because I gave up on this show after two episodes, and yet. I've heard uh, in, in subsequent research that this was actually kind of fairly well regarded. If you saw the whole series, another fucking Ted Lasso where you had to give it three or four episodes. Huh. What kind, who's given comedies three or four episodes to be funny? What is what is yeah. this? Like, it, it's one thing to be like, hey, I get it. You don't like the expanse, but you got to get through. You got to at least get to episode four close quarter battles before you kind of like if you're a science fiction fan before, because, you know, just not as you know, you, you got to get to the first space battle before you can write a show off. Mm-hmm. The comedies? Come on, man. Out the gate, you should be funny, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if the whole point is to make jokes, the jokes have to be good right off the bat. Uh, losing Cecily, this is kind of like a 2020 thing. Like, uh, you know, 2020 yeah. sucking uh, indirectly led to uh, us having to get rid of our first employee before they even completed a year of service with us. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That's big I didn't loss. Wa- Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, Wonder Woman was one of the shining installments of the DC uh, universe, the DCU, and uh, they brought the got the band all back together. Got got Chris Pine, got uh, Patty Jenkins, got Gal Gadot, um, and somehow the sophomore album blew chunks real bad, creatively bankrupt. Uh, we'll talk about each one of these a little bit more in return. Do we need to talk more about 2020? No. 2020. As a matter of fact, I think it almost has to win because all of these things are included in it, right? Like, yeah, you're right. It's the it's it's the set of all horrors. You know, you began yeah. the the year with Australia being on fire. You ended with the world losing millions to coronavirus. Uh, you know, advanced nations such as the United States, and we're not we weren't alone certainly in this. Uh, completely falling on our face trying to do any kind of thing in a unified coordinated way to make this better mm-hmm. uh the election which was an un, an unyielding nightmare this this these american le- elections i can't believe we're going to start start to shit up again two years from now my god make it stop um yeah i mean i like all the other stuff sucks pretty bad. I, I guess we want let, to let's let's let go go let's go running through down. So 2020, I think everyone understands that 2020 was kind of a uniquely bad year. We had racial strife, we had civic strife, we had people trying to subvert democracy. It's just a whole fucking deal. Um, COVID. Uh, we are all locked down for the majority of this year. Couldn't see our friends and family. Bull, bullshit. Yeah, because it's, it's honestly that's not kind on the of list, a, but that's like the, the big one, right? 
I don't want to say that like this wasn't even as bad as it could have been because I think about like you know what if the election had gone the other way and that was shadowing over all of like the holiday season because we had this kind of mm-hmm. merciful respite from like Thanksgiving until Christmas before like you know there's always this kind of like oh court cases but they're all being lost and we made it to January 6th before oh right yeah this is this is all still a big deal um yeah anyway 2020 everybody losing Bob Ross Jim a lot of people don't know what the fuck we're talking about here what was the Bob Ross experiment um so I I can't remember the name it was like the the BRPL or something Bob Ross CPL competitive painting competitive painting league uh is a series of videos that you and Cecily did while Bob Ross uh his I think his entire catalog was available on Twitch streaming um uh, 20 some seasons uh i think it was like thir- 12 episodes a season 13 episodes a season Jesus. lots of episodes was it a thing that you did watch parties alongside or yep okay yep, so we did, you we would did the watch parties do watch parties which as you know if you've tuned in for any of our uh, sci-fi sundays it automatically syncs up with your commentary um in the episode so it was really cool it was a ton of fun you guys put a lot of work into the the templates the the video uh side of it where you had sets (laughs) yeah that you had constructed and you know tickers running across the bottom think think like any monday night football or whatever any any football commentary show you've seen and it looked pretty much exactly like that except you are commentating bob ross's painting uh, each week Yeah, well, each each week we'd roll a twenty sided die to determine a season, a twelve sided die to determine an episode, and we'd have three bouts, three of his paintings, and we would cover them with the intensity of a playoff football game. Yeah, uh, and it was a ton of all, fun. But then all the 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 happy little mountains, the the, the happy little accidents, the late game cabins. It was just it's, it's a whole whole myth. We, and we got we got like. Uh, I don't know, eight or nine episodes or, you know, like uh, total shows or I guess bouts deep into this thing. And then Amazon ripped away the Bob Ross. They they lost streaming rights, I guess, to Bob Ross. And so all of that was taken off of Twitch and you couldn't do the watch parties anymore. Yeah, imdb.com apparently they're, they're, they have a streaming channel and you can watch Bob Ross 24-7 on it. And because of that, I can no longer do commentary on Bob Ross. And it was sucked. It was, yeah. it was, uh, it was felt like I was building to something, but what are you going to do? Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk 2077. We just did a, a, an off the clock about this. I mean, this was just a debacle. Like it was like a, a consensus. Everyone's probably most looking forward to. Um, yeah. It was the follow up from a studio that had done well regarded work on the, the Witcher three was, you know, like almost everybody's game of the year or like, retrospective game of the year for that year it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. open world future game where you could hack people and you get body mods and you could do you know some 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 dirty cyberpunk shit yeah this was and one this was the game that i was looking forward to this year the big one uh mm-hmm. and when it came out it was a technical mess um it it was like say what you want about the gameplay, but the the technical side of this, there were so many bugs, uh, and they were so severe too. You know, you'd be driving along, and cars would just appear in front of you and ram full speed into you. Um, you'd be teleported across the map. You'd be for no reason thrown a mile into the air. Um, it, 
NPC your pants would disappear right your pants would disappear <laughs> and your dick would hang out if you were playing as a dude like just shit that obviously would have happened if if anybody played this game before release and they released it anyway uh, and it's taken them after delaying it for years like this yeah. thing and, and they even had a significant like 90 day delay right up uh, you know and this is like well shit it's Christmas Next year is going to be year of the next generation. We can't waste a hundred million dollars on old generation porting. Fuck it, shove it out the door. Right, and so they did, and everybody hated it. Obviously, because it's busted yeah. as fuck. Like, who wants to play this game if you can't play the game? And ironically, but not surprisingly, those last gen people are the ones that paid the highest price because yeah. that game. I saw like side by side screenshots of like how shitty it looked. Like, damn. And how shitty it played, too. Um, Yeah. Like, those bugs primarily affected the consoles. Um, There were still Mm. a lot of bugs on the PC side, but those old consoles, man, didn't run as well, didn't look as good, and it was buggy as hell on those things. So, big disappointment. Uh, Run, you know, I, I, I... Mary Weaver came on my radar with a pretty good turn. She had, like, three pretty pretty good seasons on The Walking Dead. She was, like, one of my, my favorite you know, new pop-up characters. She got unceremoniously uh, dispatched on that show. And I've seen her doing some other things. This was kind of like, you know, she's the star of the show. She was opposite Dom Hall Gleason, uh, who's also kind of been blowing up. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be a really kind of cool, slick, romantic comedy action kind of Mr. Mr. Smith kind of thing. Um, And I don't Maybe it became that, but like, the first two episodes were, oh, I felt a waste of my damn time. Hmm. Um, and I stopped watching the show and like, yeah, I, maybe I need to come back and see more of it because, but it, it also didn't make anybody's like best of the year list either. So I don't know. Uh, I, I was expecting that to be kind of like, you know, put her on a next level kind of thing. And it turned out to be fairly forgettable. Uh, I mean, losing Cecily, uh, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Like we had just gotten her integrated. She was taking a lot of work, especially the the production work off a of gym schedule and letting us do a lot more. I mean, she's the reason we did so much content in 2020. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that went in. We'll be talking more about this on the empire business, which is, is looming closer. But, you know, combination of uh, us taking the, our eye off the business ball a little bit, uh, um, changes that were coming about um, due to, like, big popular shows falling off, and also COVID. A lot of people, you know, panic-canceling club memberships, and, I mean, not even panic-canceling. I mean, I was doing that stuff, too. Like, Jesus, how can, how, how can I, if I need to hold on to as much cash, if, if yeah. you know, I lose my job or I have to find a new job in a pandemic because bald move collapses. What in, you know, like a lot of those services. Are, so I'm not blaming anybody for sure. Um, but it is no. reality that, you know, we, we lost about a, a 33% of our club in the last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the 33% incidentally that allowed us to go from two people to three, you know, a third of our income. That's, that's, an, that's another employee. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, we had to, that was tough. I was tough. Um, you know, we're friends and uh, some of us husbands of Cecily uh, live with her, work with her. Um, it was a big change. And all this happened as we were getting thrown out of our, you know, as we abandoned our studio and fell back to home. I mean, honestly, in, in the uh, 
This would be bald moves second act going into third. Like we are, we are, we have been late. We have been laid low. We're fighting our way back. You know, mm-hmm. this is the heroic comeback, perhaps in twenty twenty one. Yeah, uh, or maybe or maybe his Braveheart. <laughs> sure, or we I'm just scream freedom, scream as, freedom. Mm-hmm. as as we as I have our guts ripped out and our nuts cut off. We'll yeah. see. It's going to be we'll thrilling. See. Watch along with us. Either way, and a Wonder Woman. Yeah. Coming in as it, as it did. Yeah. Like I, 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 um, it's kind of broke Cecily's heart because she was really looking forward to it. And I was too. It looked like it's like, okay, well, DC's kind of ripping off the guardians of the galaxy aesthetic, but it's a good aesthetic. And a lot of people have done it. You know, Mandy did it. Uh, color of space did it. Like a lot of people like, you know what? This rainbow kind of glitzy disco 70s shit looks pretty good on film. Uh, unfortunately, they saved that stuff for the posters. It was nowhere to be found in the film. This film was ugly and muddy and Ugh. poorly technically executed. And the script was terrible. And it was a big, big fucking disappointment to the point where I'm not even planning on watching it. I haven't. I was kind of excited about it uh, before I heard how bad it was. And I, I heard this. There was this trajectory, right? With Wonder Woman where like people watched it and everybody was like, oh, it's not as good as it as it should be considering Wonder Woman the original uh movie whatever that means uh so it like kind of starts to fall off a hill there and then it people turned on this thing quickly uh and and fervently they were just like no actually this is not even a good uh, not even an okay movie this is trash this is utter garbage uh I haven't seen it to to actually know, but I've heard that this is just not worth my time. So fuck it. Significantly worse than Aquaman, which had the oh. reputation of being like it's pretty good for an Aquaman. It's pretty good for DC when really it's and kind I've of seen a bad it. film. It's bad, yeah. Wonder Woman significantly worse than Aquaman, in my opinion. <sighs> so okay. I won't another, be watching it. Another, you know, and and they, I got they got not but the Zack Snyder four and a half hour justice league release between them and the next project. So I don't, I mean, the the thing is, is like the DC, it's not a sure thing like Marvel, but like they have kind of the unique capacity to kind of like do weird shit, like where Marvel would never do a Joker, you know, Marvel wouldn't do, wouldn't let a Logan happen under its watch. Like they're, they had the debate for a year and a half before they decided, Oh my God, should we let Deadpool three be rated R? Like, no brainer shit. They really have a struggle. So like where DC sometimes can do, or, you know, I know Logan wasn't a DC project, but it was a non MCU Disney project. Um, they can do cool stuff like uh, Joker and Harley Quinn and, and things like that. Um, and maybe that's their salvation, like leaning into like multiverse Batman, like, oh, okay, the, you don't like to Ben Affleck, but we got, you know, Twilight Batman coming out and it's going to be darker and grittier and all this other stuff. And you didn't like the yeah. Henry Cavill Superman. Well, we're going to go back to the big blue Boy Scout mode because that's a little bit more comic booky. But Wonder Woman was was a bad movie and it's too bad. It's too bad. Um, hopefully it won't destroy Patty Jenkins career because I would like to uh, assert that. Dudes have made lots of bad movies and then going on to made good movies and no one really batted an eye. So let's let's maybe not lose our mind that this this lady made a bad movie. Is she the director? <laughs> you know, she's the director. Yeah, oh, okay. she made the first one and it was pretty good. Yeah, maybe maybe not write the next script. Uh, so so uh, how do we rank these? I mean, I 
I'm I'm thinking this needs to go up. Uh, losing Cecily, uh, I think that goes right under 2020, and then losing Bob R- loss. Bob, <laughs> Bob Ross. loss. Bob uh, yeah, loss let's change this. Oop, boss loss. Bob loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I don't care. The others are all just you know orders of magnitude less devastating. Okay, to me personally. So this is our top three here. Uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just kind of crown the winner, which I'm I'm with you if you want to go with this. I wouldn't even put COVID here. I just say this 2020. 2020 it's been a real bummer. Um, I hope we get out of this in 2021 because holy shit. And that's with me having zero. Like, I'm gonna say the way this is this was the biggest disappointment with me not having any preconceived expectations of 2020 being good. I thought 2020 would yeah. be kind of a bad year. You know, I knew the election was coming up. Now it's going to be divisive mm-hmm. and weird. I knew that, you know, there's a lot of structural problems with America um, in terms of all kinds of different things and the world. Um, I, I knew a couple things going in that, you know, we're we're looming on a generational environmental catastrophe. I, it wasn't looking good. Even with those adjusted expectations, yeah. 2020 managed to be the biggest disappointment. <laughs> You know? I mean, it's the biggest bummer of a year in a hundred years, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You have to go back to Great Depression slash Spanish influenza slash World War One before you get to yeah, man. You know, those, those, those runs of bad luck. So, congratulations, twenty twenty. You did it. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Right, you get on for you get spit on. All right, next category: best debut pilot. Okay, so yeah, um, these are new things that we saw and talked about, and uh, we're going to try to rank which one was the best of the new stuff. Star Trek Picard season one, you know, not the worst new Star Trek I've seen uh, trading on the enormous popularity of uh, Patrick Stewart and even Brent Spiner can, you know, reprise data for the first time since goddamn Nemesis. This is like 10, 10 plus years. Uh, tra- trading on our nostalgia for Star Trek The Next Generation, really. Like, it's it's hard to imagine that this would have captivated me if it wasn't Picard, if it was just like... Yeah. Ricard well, Star Trek or Riker something. sounds pretty cool, too. <laughs> yeah, but if it was like a new property, like, I can't imagine that I would have been really in on this. Janeway. Or, oh, yeah, Star like Trek Disco, Archer. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I gave Disco a shot. It disappointed me somewhere in the middle of season one and I haven't really given it much of a shot since Picard it's disappointing, you know, it, it was, it's, it's got the same, at least we treated it with the same kind of, uh, attitude that we treat Star Trek, the next generation with like, some of it is bad. Some of it is good. And we will make fun of the bad parts lovingly and also really enjoy the good parts. That yeah. is kind of all I could ask of, what is essentially a reboot of the next generation or as close yeah. as we'll ever get. I could ask a little more. I could ask for them a little bit, a little bit more, maybe respect for the original material and, and sure. uh, the, the set and setting. I mean, like set, the, the, there's so many things in retrospect that bother me about like the fact that we open with like essentially a, a race of datas that have been enslaved, like measure of a man never happened. But this thing hit us really because yeah. like uh, you, you, without us trying, we had both kind of independently watched a hell of a lot of Next Generation mm-hmm. kind of leading up to this. And I was going through a little bit of a Star Trek renaissance. Like I was like, oh, yeah, man, that's this show actually kind of you get into season three. It starts really holding up like compelling stuff, funny stuff. 
so Picard benefited from all that, and I'm I'm actually re- looking forward to season two. Uh, this was yep. a this was a mess, and uh, it had some amazing stuff in it. It had some hilarious stuff in it, like like a Picard trying to be a uh, some kind of Space gang lord villain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the leather beret and a terrible, terrible French uh-huh. like me at my most Jean Pierre meow. Like that's how he would. It's 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 something. It's worth seeing for sure. Here's a a, a real. I won't say a, even a pleasant surprise because you know devs looked like an interesting project from the jump, mm-hmm. and it led. You know, I I love projects that allow you and me to have very interesting conversations about causality and free will, yeah, and time travel you know, if interdimensional that's stuff in there, yeah. It reminds me of like, you know, our old days being stuck out in field service, just talking about shit like <laughs> some old ladies that stuck at the door. Yeah. I, I yeah, Nick, I mean, everyone involved in this project uh did great work from who's the Alec uh who who's the the guy that did ex machina? Garland, yeah. Alex Garland. Garland. Like he does a lot of this kind of cool out there next level stuff. And devs was a full, you know, full of that stuff. Nick Offerman was, I've never seen him in a role like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of like a cross between Steve jobs and Elon Musk and, you know, was, uh, it just and, really depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Just a really yeah, depressed it, version of that. Allison pills in this as well as Picard. Um, She's better in this than she is in Picard, I think. Uh, yes. The character yes. is better. She's as good as this as I've ever seen her. She's because yeah. I've seen her like the the standout work I've seen her do is kind of like Newsroom, Scott mm-hmm. Pilgrim, uh, American Horror Story, Cult, oh. and this is by far and away the thing that she's been the best at. Yeah, other than maybe Scott Pilgrim, she plays a pretty good bitter Scott X. Yeah. Um. Now. And and I think this the the I will say that I think this had a particularly brilliant pilot mm-hmm. where I thought the series was going to be about one thing and it violently came to an end at that first episode. Um, and it reminded me a lot of kind of like the pilot Peaky Blinders. It had a similar kind of like, wow, that was a ballsy thing to do. And unlike Peaky Blinders, didn't immediately undo it in the second episode. So swung for the fences. Remind me what what is the series? uh, What is the pilot end with? It it ends with uh, is it Yuri being bagged up by uh, Forrest's chief security officer? Oh right, right. Okay. You think that he's like that's the that's the main character, but you know, like it's, it's it's his POV. We're seeing all this thing through, and like all of a sudden, you know. he's he's doing some weird stuff clandestine maybe doing some corporate espionage and then it's just yeah so yeah i think i I think this is like a not just a good debut this is actually a really good pilot it it made me like i was intrigued the whole time but then when that happened i was like oh wow anything could happen on this show Mm -hmm. so uh plot against america this is we. I don't even know if this is a legal thing because you know we've we've talked a lot about it. This is a mini series. It's not going to come back. There are a so lot it can't of be those. A best at debut. The pilot is really good though. The pilot's really right. good at showing, you know, hey, we're going to ground you in this particular version of 1940s America, and we're going to show you like some of the things like I, I believe in this uh, this episode deals with like the the Nazi rally they had. This real life thing they had in Madison Square Garden. Forty thousand Americans showed up to attend it. 
uh like these I'm like not bizarre- sure i i remember the pilot for this being uh an interesting setup but not much beyond that just like mm. hey we're putting you in the time and place um and we're, y- the guys you know are standing out on their front lawn and they're having conversations about things they're worried about but nothing big happens in that first episode it's you and it's part of right. the reason I haven't gone back through it and, and finish that thing okay. is because I, I, I was that, hooked by it, but not like intensely. I didn't need to go back and, yeah. and continue it. I thought I thought the Madison Square Garden stuff actually did happen in there, which I, you know, if, if you weren't aware of that it. real history, then then maybe it wouldn't. But because yeah, you're right, I watched that. I binged that over like three nights, like just like watch three, watch three, watch two or three. And, and um, I've only seen the pilot, um, the first episode. So if I don't remember it, it probably didn't occur in that first episode. But then again, I don't have a great memory. So, so I honestly, like I said, I don't know. This is and, and the next, uh, ep- the next one is a kind of the same, except for I do think it had a particularly good pilot, the Good Lord Bird, a really great introduction to the main character of Onion, who is this uh, not his real name, is a boy who gets mixed up with this uh, a slave revolt that this John Brown is leading in in Kansas, one of the battleground. Um, every you know, in every new territory was like a, a intense political battleground about whether they're going to be admitted to the union as a slave state or a free state. And, you know, the, the uh, John Brown is leading his men to, to terrorize potential slave owners in, in Kansas. Uh, and this this young boy who's mistaken for a girl gets wrapped up in this. And Ethan Hawke is like full on red face screaming. Um, it's very funny, very irreverent, but also very poignant. And I, I thought it was a particularly good first episode, but it's a miniseries. So it's not going to come back. Raised by Wolves season one. Um, I, yeah, we talked about uh, this season or this pilot because the pilot i remember being not amazing but enough to keep me no. watching and in- interesting um but i, I never made it past season, the third episode finish. yeah mm-hmm. and and it wasn't on many people's best of i know some the people that made it through like didn't feel like it was a waste of their time but i also didn't you know hear many people say you know this is a must must see no. and we have an embarrassment of great science fiction Right. When the expanse um, is on, it's it's tough. But this is different, right? right? This is like a is slower moving 2001-esque uh, kind of feel to it. But also like every once in a while, it kicks you in the face with action. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I appreciated it for for what it was. I don't, I don't really know why I didn't finish this. It wasn't it feels it like quite classics. It, it feels like classic science fiction in yeah. that it's like almost fantastical uh-huh. like um, like matt like like matt like art like uh arthur c clark larry niven ray bradbury like technology indistinguishable from magic like you could describe these characters as angelic beings and you wouldn't be far off yeah you've got um, essentially robots who who you know can can fly into the air and send out sonic pulses of some transform, kind that transform their, their appearance at will yeah make people's explode by screaming at them all and, things you know, that these, I think, you know, you could see a robot being able to do in the future, a far enough future. Um, sure. But also feel borderline magic. I, I think you're right. And there's uh, some interesting things like, you know, how are these being, you know, raised by wolves essentially alludes to the fact that they, they brought these these child embryos onto this planet to try to repopulate it. 
And mm-hmm. you find that you just keep finding more and more about like, oh, these people were f- refugees from a war between theists and atheists. Yeah. For the soul of the, the culture going forward. And, and I, that's the thing. Like a lot of stuff is inherently fascinating to me. Yep. I just the it, it kind of like the Prometheus slash covenant without aliens look and feel of this show. Yeah. Left me a little cold. And the performances um, kind of necessarily mm-hmm. made me feel cold. Like the main robots are just, you know, mother and father are just weirdos. The children they're raising are weirdos. Tragic weirdos at that. Um, yeah. Um, especially especially mother. It's like, wow, that that robot's insane. You know, <laughs> it's like, I don't I don't know what I feel about an insane robot. I'm sure you get artificial right. intelligence, you know, to a high enough uh degree and it could do everything that humans could do including going insane but i i guess i wasn't on board necessarily for the story they were telling i feel like i'm gonna watch this when i have a long bout of sickness like i've been remarkably healthy this year probably mm-hmm. has something to do with me washing my hands sanitizing and wearing masks all the time and 90 percent of my fellow <laughs> countrymen around me doing it staying home um but yeah next time i get like a flu or i'm down for like a week or so like i feel like this is like yeah you know what those i got three more episodes of this to watch why why the fuck not um but it's not gonna win this category the third day yeah i i I don't does this belong in here too because here's my recollection of the first episode of the third day like Mm -hmm. mm, i don't know and then like the last 10 minutes or so kind of flipped the lid on the weirdness and let Jude Law kind of stretch a little bit and I'm like, okay, yeah, I definitely going to finish this part. But no, you got I, way more into it than I did and yeah, I mostly appreciate this for the 24-hour live stream they did, which is not the debut or the pilot of this thing. Um it's a mini series, so it's not it's like the day it's, it's like right. it's it's so it it's can only be a six debut. episodes. You have to judge it by the pilot and yeah, I and, and I think you're right. The pilot is not especially gripping. Um, I think I was in it because it, you know, it had this reputation as like Wicker Man um, with Jude Law, which I really wanted to see. And mm-hmm. it lives up to that, I think, uh, for the most part. There's this weird uh, cult island, essentially. Uh, all that stuff is in there. And I really liked it for what it was um, through the first three episodes of that live stream. But I don't know that it would win anything on best pilot, certainly. The thing about this movie is like the the cinematography, the sound design and the way that you would like use saturation to Mm -hmm. like reveal how emotionally exposed a character was at any given time. I thought was pretty next level. Like they used every possible bandwidth to tell the emotional side of the story. And it was it, it was quite gripping. Um. Yeah, if we had some kind of visual technical uh, category, this would be in strong contention. I think that yeah, and, like and I'll, re- I'll always and, remember like those like scenes of Jude Law on a beach talking about like the death of his child and can coming to grips with it. And um, I don't. I guess that pilot did have that hook of like why the kids are out there mm-hmm. with the child's clothes and and one of them trying um, to kill herself and one of them and tried to kill him trying to save and, her and. And the, the community is kind of weirdly okay with that. And yep. But I don't know. I feel like it's kind of weak entry to the category. Uh, Love Craft Country, which is something I was massively looking forward to. I mean, this thing had a yep. lot of great talent attached to it. 
um, an inherently interesting story. Like what if Lovecraft, but told through the lens of uh, black Americans going through, you know, Jim, the, the segregation, Jim Crow South struggling with that, you know, blatant hostility and, and racism, malice, malignancy. I was a little confused first- by the pilot um, because I expected something that was, or I guess I was confused by episodes one and two because I expected something more connected um, and more like, you know, an ongoing story. And then the first two episodes made it feel like this was going to be more of an anthology. But I think by the end of the season, they've come back around to where like, yes, it is many episodes within a larger arc, but also that, that all build together. Yes. Some of them are like kind of like thematically X-Files. connected. Well, all of them are thematically connected, but some of them are mm. connected to the plot. Um, and some of them aren't, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I got, I thought the first episode did. Yeah, you're right. Like it, it didn't necessarily prepare me for the width and depth of the whole series. Cause there was a lot mm-hmm. of, it, it reminded me a lot of uh, the X files where you had these kind of monster situations of the week, but they all built towards this longer myth arc of the old, you know, the Braith white, Braith white family and their history with the Freemans um, and the blood magic they're trying to do. And, you know, the meaning of people's like that, all that stuff was, 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 was interesting. And I, and, and I liked it. Um, but I think the first episode was an amazing, uh, like, you know, I had high hopes for yeah. it and I got exactly what I was wanting, like the juxtaposition of like the horror of I'm a black person in a sundown town County. Can I get to the fucking border before the sun goes down? Mm-hmm. mash right up with like oh god I'm also being confronted with the horror of the black goat of the forest with a thousand eyes from Cthulhu mythos like yeah. it, it it delivered everything and with big what the fuck moments but with also the connecting to the the real life horror I I, I yeah I, I thought it was a really effective pilot um, even though it may be not representative of the series of a whole because the series mm-hmm. went a lot of places I mean there was a Right in, I remember memorably, there was one right in the middle. It was like Indiana Jones slash National Treasure. Yeah, just like a old fashioned clue finding treasure hunt. Uh, and that's what they did. They did ghost stories, right? They did uh, Indiana Jones adventures with with a little bit of supernatural twist, like Indiana lots Jones. Lots of spooky does. genre stuff. Like in yeah. some way, Indiana Jones always kind of a little spooky. You know, it's always about some uh-huh. kind of artifact or ghosts or the power of the Lord. And yep. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they did, uh, you know, uh, they did a lot of different things like time travel and, and, you know, interdimensional travel, all, all that kind of like just borderline weird stuff. They had an episode that did it. And by the end of it, I, I saw it as like one of the most interesting, innovative shows on television right now. Okay. Shall we send it to the top? Cause we just got through yeah. a review. So let's not fuck the arguments. Now let's send that sucker to the top. Let's do it. Uh, Star Trek Picard. Dave, um, it was it's <laughs> oh boy. Now we got we got pilots and seasons going against just pilots. Um, is this is the Star Trek Picard? The Star Trek Picard pilot is really good. What happened? I'm going to put, put that out there. Uh, you were introduced to the one clone girl who got uh, mm-hmm. attacked by the, the dudes in black. And Picard, you know, doing like some kind of anniversary interview where he essentially denounced the Federation and its abandonment of the Romulan refugees and their cybernetic, uh, the demonization of cybernetic uh, organisms. 
then her being psychically called to Picard and, the, you know, there's an action sequence where she had the, she ends up getting killed. And but then he finds out there is another and she's connected with data. The, 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 a lot of the, yeah. a lot of the central mystery and the characters painting. were efficiently set up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the a lot of like the, the interesting parts of the central mystery were set up here. Um, yeah, has some uh, like well done action scenes where you know you know Picard can't be an action man anymore. Not really, no. Uh, so you have to believably surround him with a cast of people that can do that. But that was always kind of yeah. Every once in a while, Picard would punch out a Ferengi or wrestle with the Borg Queen, but mostly he was content to let Data Wharf and Riker do that shit. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the Picard is there with the the morality speech for the hammer of the you know the hammer of the bad guy with. Uh, and and the, the 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 righteous backbone of the ship, but so I, I felt like he he slipped in this role pretty. Easy. Also, the, intro, the introduction of this man as uh, kind of maybe losing his mind has a little bit of space Alzheimer's. Um, yeah, just got that aromatic syndrome or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, adding a little little bit of fragility to his character that I thought suited Patrick's uh, Patrick Stewart's age. You know, a lot, a lot of people spilled yep. ink on that line. It's a good pilot. It's a good pilot. I mm-hmm. don't think it's as good as Lovecraft Country because Lovecraft Country didn't have anything that like bothered me on the face of it. No. Where Picard hit me right away with, oh, they got slave datas. What the fuck? They're just kept in closet <laughs> in mass referred to by numbers. What the shit? This is like the exact horror situation that was outlined in Star Trek season two, the next generation season two. So, yeah, it also didn't have uh, Narek and his sister in it, which is a, is a positive for Lovecraft Country. Narek, not as much. Yeah. His sister, oof, boy, oof. Uh, Devs, well, I think it was. Belongs. She was just, she was just Ensign. What's her face? Which I think was her name for the rest of the season. Because did they even, they, oh, did they even right. reveal her actual Romulan name? They had to, yeah. right? Right. What's she yeah. credited as in these episodes? I think it's Lieutenant Rizzo or whatever the hell her name was. Uh, Laris, is that who it is? Maybe, no, maybe that um, they did give her. That can't be it. Gerardi, I know who that is. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, she might not have been in this first episode. But Okay, so so Picard's oh, not God, as good the sun, as... The Sunglass Romulan. I forgot. I, for, or, <laughs> I forgot about some of this stuff. Somehow is still my, my profile pick on the yep. forum. Yep. Uh, that was just a test that we hadn't broke our forum pick. And, and yeah. <laughs> uh, De- uh, so... Uh, I don't think it's better than Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to suggest that Dev's pilot is better than Star Trek Picard's. I will agree with that. Again, no problems, only interesting mystery and only good. What the fucks? Not bad. What the fucks? Yep. Um, and again, here's another one where the sound and visual design. Beautiful. Like this, this, this machine, the Dev's machine is gorgeous work of art. The soundtrack was like this ethereal, like yeah, like tinkling bells sort of yeah, vibe, just just emotional um, surround sound kind of. Yeah, yeah. There's this otherworldly quality that they bring out with the visuals and the the audio each time you step Elvish into industrial. that place. Elvish <laughs> industrial. Yeah, like if Trent hmm. Reznor was a high elf out of Tolkien, this is what the soundtrack would sound like. Okay, um, sure. Yeah, uh, but I, think, I, I liked it. Uh, poor Picard. I think the plot against America. Oh, you think that's better? Is better than Picard, yeah. 
I don't know. I'm not sure I agree with that. Like, I, Are we penalizing plot because it's just not fun? It just doesn't like, move the ball very far forward. Like it. So I'm trying to remember, like you got the. That's Simon, though, man. What like, you got the kid who's running around you get introduced um, to a like, massive community worth of characters and then a whole bunch of political figures that you might remember from history, yeah. but certainly not the like the margins of them. And you got to care about in the situation. You got to care about like, you know, it, it's, so Simon's a guy that, you know, you can fairly say you got to give a couple episodes before you start to get your sea legs yeah. about it. Now, I will say that this is the quickest I ever identified with a like a Simon cast and felt like I was really clicking with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Deuce was pretty good, too. Yeah, I just way. think the stuff he he makes is not meant to be flashy or or hook you yeah, immediately. It's, it's meant to yeah. just stand as a whole. Um, and you're either going to, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt and go with him on this journey or you're not. And the pilot's not going to yeah. change your mind. Simon and the guys he works with, like Pelicanos, don't really give a shit about like a flashy pilot. It's more of like this is chapter one of the novel. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be the most interesting gripping thing. I don't I'm not going to start with a James Bond action sequence just to hook you. No. So you're going to go Trek over. You're going to go Picard over plot. I would. Yeah. OK, I can probably get behind that. What are we um, trying to make here? Top three or top five out of seven? We usually do five, but this is a short list, so I could go a three. Three? Okay. Um, I guess this is a question for me. Is the good Lord Bird pilot better than Picard? I have a hard time saying so because you haven't even seen it. Um, whereas you saw yeah. the mm-hmm. other three, you know, like... All, yeah, I've seen we, everything maybe, except for good Lord Bird on this list. Actually, like, if you want to put the third day above raised by wolves or even the good lord bird that'd be fine with me but like i don't think it goes higher yeah i'm with you i i would maybe make an argument for putting it above plot against america but it doesn't make the top three okay well you want to go with top three then uh yeah, so you like this? Are top we cool three? with? Are we co- cool with Lovecraft? De- I think I am. Yeah, Lovecraft Dev, Star Trek Picard. I think it's actually in the correct order. Yeah, I think so too. If this is our top okay. three. I think Lovecraft wins, and we've got ourselves a category. Booyah! It's close uh, between Lovecraft and Devs because man, both of those intrigued me in very different ways. Uh, yeah, emotionally stimulating, intellectually stimulating. Uh, yeah, more a lot more action in Lovecraft Country too. Oh I mean, yeah, that, that first episode ends in like a a, a desperate battle against uh, I don't know some kind of fucking greater outer dimensional entities. Um, yeah, don't they end up in the cabin at the end of that episode? Um, like hold so, up yeah. with with like this one cop who. Because I think that's also part of the second episode, like the the bleeds yeah. over. But yeah, they definitely are are stuck in the woods with those things for sure. Uh huh. Yeah. That's okay. A good pilot. I think that's good. Are we going to uh, stop this the session here? Yep. That's it. All right. Uh, well, there's there's the second deliberations for Baldi's. Hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs>